welcome to the Nitty Gritty Reviews Podcast. I am Rachel. And I'm Tristan. And this week, or this episode at least, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, so we talked about Lost in Translation, we talked about her. Yeah, we did. And, and with this episode, we're going to be comparing and contrasting the two, or, or just talking about the two in relation to each other. Uh, we've never done one like this before. This is going to be kind of experimental. We'll see how it goes. I'm kind of assuming it's going to be a little bit more of a mini episode, but we'll we'll see just how much we have to say. Um, so well, we spent three hours on each one individually, so this is probably six hours. Closer to three and a half. We'll we'll rein it in. We'll be. I think this will be pretty concise. Or yeah, I, I don't think know. So. We'll see. But yeah, so I'm kind of thinking we'll just go through each of the categories, say our scores for each movie, and so for anybody listening, if somehow you've stumbled across this. And you haven't listened to those two episodes, if you're curious about the scores and how we got them and, and why we differ, for sure check out the individual episodes of Nitty Gritty Reviews for both Lost in Translation and her. We go into, into much greater detail, breaking it down, talking about why we rated things the way we did. This is more, like I said, comparing and contrasting the two and seeing how they work in relation to each other and or if they work in relation to each other. Um, all right, so on that <laughs> note... Uh, is there anything just kind of on a, on a general or, or introductory kind of note that you want to say about, about either of these movies or about your expectations of this review before yeah. we, we get in? I will say to compare and contrast the two, I thought that one would be strictly equal to or greater than the other, meaning that every single subcategory would score higher than the other one or equal. But there were a handful of surprises. All right. How about you? Um, I haven't even really looked at the, the score side by side. I mean, I have it in front of me. You uh, created a nice spreadsheet for us. Um, but I haven't really, uh, haven't really looked to see what surprises are in store. I figure we'll, uh, we'll just see. All right. So on that note, should we delve into the grid and start talking about these movies? Let's go for it. All right. So the first category is going to be writing, plot, and genre. Now in a normal review, we would go through, give all of our thoughts, get a discourse going, and then give our, our ratings for each category. But I think for this one, it would make more sense to, as since we've already done the reviews for the movies, to just put our scores up front and center and then talk about maybe why they differ or why one might be better than the I hate using the word better, but why one might score higher than the sure, other is sure. a better way to put it. Um, so with that said, what was your final score for writing plot and genre for, uh, let's start with Lost in Translation. For Lost in Translation, it came out to a 6.6 for me. It was mostly sevens, but it lost a little bit because the character outer goals were kind of meh. Yeah. Which is overall fine because it's not about the outer goals, but it still knocked it down a little bit. 6.6 overall. How about you? All right, mine was an 8.1 overall, pretty much for, for all the same reasons you just said. I just didn't mark it down uh, quite as harshly for it. But for sure, the character outer goals and, and the pace was also, uh, it was appropriately slow, but still slow at times. Yeah, okay. All right, that's a pretty big, pretty big difference between us. Yeah, how about for points. How about for her? What was your total score there? <laughs> this is less of a difference. For her, it came out to 9.2. Uh, really high scores overall, although once again, the outer goals was the lowest category for me. All right. Uh, mine was also significantly higher than than for Lost in Translation. Mine was a 9.7, very close to perfect. 
Um, let's see. One of the only things to bring it down um, was was character outer goals for me as well, and and again the pace actually. Um, so still the same two same two general weaknesses, but but her seems to pull it off quite a bit better. Why do you think uh, Why do you think that is? I guess. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think I mean they're both such character driven movies, but I do think her has a more tangible plot lost in translation is is so much about the characters and uh so so little about anything else whereas her is is so much about the characters but also so much about this world that they live in i mean tokyo obviously plays a very big role in lost in translation as well but not in the same way that this near future la plays a role in her i think because it's not just the it's not just the city it's the technology it's the people it's uh, it's everything about this future that it sets up. I think it does a, a better job in her of, of integrating everything with the characters. That makes sense. So what do you have to say? I think um, writing characters, we'll get much more into this topic, but just to kind of introduce um, one of the main reasons why I wanted to compare and contrast these two movies is uh, it's often said that um, whether it was consciously or subconsciously, no one really knows because he's never come out and said it, but it's, it's pretty widely speculated that her is a kind of a response or, or some sort of mirrored version. And that's too specific. Almost um, like from his point of view versus from her point of view or something. Or something. Like it's, it's just kind of a, his way of telling a very similar story. Um, Cause you have, for anybody who doesn't know, you have Sofia Coppola doing lost in translation. You have Spike Jones doing her and they were married at one point and divorced shortly after lost in translation came out. So Lost in Translation, we talk about this quite a bit in the review itself. So if you want more information, check that out. Uh, But Lost in Translation is very much about her feelings of isolation and loneliness within her relationship with him, which, you know, no wonder it didn't work out. But that's kind of where she was coming from. And then with her, it's 10 years after the divorce, but touches on pretty much all of the same themes, uses a lot of the same visuals, which we'll get into later. And, uh, and just seems to be, rather than being a story about being in a relationship, it's a story about going through a divorce. Like, it just seems like there are a lot of clues to say that these are somehow related movies. Again, I don't know how conscious it was. Spike Jones has never come out and said that this is, like, a response to Lost in Translation or his, his interpretation of right. those same things. Like, he's never come out and said anything like that. But regardless, a lot of those themes are there. It's pretty easy to to see why people say that. Right. Um, so is there anything, I guess, with all that said, um, anything within the plot and genre that you think plays into that? Like I said, a lot of it comes in with the characters, but anything within within this category for you that, that speaks to that? Um, I guess the world building and exposition, like you said, this is much richer and there's much more going on. It seems, even though, like, as far as the individual people are concerned, I don't think there's that much more going on. Um, What about the themes in the movie? Uh, I know I asked in Lost in Translation if you thought it was an optimistic or a pessimistic view of love. Would you say that um, within the context of of the themes that they explore, is one of these movies more optimistic than the other? Or are they both uh, kind of on the same level? Try not to use the word mopey. (laughs) I'll probably use the word mopey a few times. I don't know if either one of them is like clearly optimistic uh, or clearly pessimistic. I think they both show that relationships 
can have positive aspects and can not really like snap a person out of it, but have have a profound change, at least in the short term, maybe in the long term. They both show that relationships can end and they can start and all kinds of things can happen in the middle. I'm, I'm not really sure if either one of them is more optimistic or pessimistic, but just my gut says that her might. No, I don't even know. Well, I guess her might be more optimistic because it shows a little bit further on like it shows that things end but then it shows i guess it doesn't even really show that much more compared to lost in translation i don't know i was gonna say that sure her shows that it ends and it sucks but you carry on and you have friends and you're a better person now and i guess it shows that but it uh, for some reason i thought there was like an extra act or something but i don't think there is I think they both, uh, it ends and then they walk away and never mind. That was, again, <laughs> a very rambly, no, not really. Huh. I think they're both fairly optimistic. I know you use the word mopey to describe Lost in Translation so many times. I did. And I still, I just can't even wrap my head around that because I think it gives a really optimistic view of, I guess, opti- maybe, no, no, I'm doubting it, maybe relatable and uh inspirational i guess like it, it has this idea of like well, you might be stuck in life but sure you know with the right situation and the right frame of mind you can snap out of it and go in this other direction and surprise yourself okay um so i think you know there's some optimism there but i think her i don't know how much of it is is what the movie is trying to say and how much of it is my perception of what the movie is trying to say. Right, right. But I find it to be just incredibly optimistic and and just, although again, I use the word optimistic, I think maybe I mean inspirational or Mm. or inspiring, I guess. Like it just, I think I said this in the review where it's like, this makes me want to like go out and find something I've never done before and do it. Or like, you know, try to feel something I've never felt before or whatever. Like it just has this. I I can see that. Like, even like what Theodore says so many times in the movie of like, oh, it's nice to be with someone who's excited by the world. It's like, yeah, I want to be like that, too. Like, it just has that. And then even after the relationship ends, like, it's not like, oh, well, now I can never feel that again. It's like, oh, now I know how to feel that. And I can take that with me to other relationships. Yeah, yeah. Which I find just so beautiful. And, And in that way, I think her maybe does. I hate using the word better. And I don't want this review or this you know, comparison and contrast. Right. I don't want it to be about finding which one's better. That's not, it's not about better. It's about, you know, this one has this strength. This one has this strength, you know, it's just differences. Right. But I do think, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think that with her uh, to use that word again, I think it resonates with me more and it just right. has that emotional punch that, that lost in translation doesn't quite have for me. I mean, it still has, it's still got a strong score. Um, I mean, 8.10, that's outstanding, but 9.7 is almost perfect, is what her <laughs> got. So, um, and I think that's why. I think it's just that, you know, emotional punch of like, yeah. like, oh man, this is so like inspirational. This makes me want to be a better person or, or see things in a different way or, or however you want to phrase it. Yeah, um, I, I see what you're saying. And I, I agree. I think, I think I, uh, I definitely agree with that, that her has that aspect, that uh, inspirational aspect, as you said, more than Lost in Translation. I think maybe it's like Lost in Translation is is focusing on before that. Yeah. And then it shows that you're stuck in this position before that, but then it can kind of slowly happen. 
Uh, and then and then from there on is is your own adventure it's your own thing whereas her um has a little bit beforehand but most of it is while that's happening and then it 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 shows that beyond that you now know how to do that you now know that you can feel that way yeah all right was there anything else you want to add for plot and genre or should we move right along to writing characters um nope let's move on all right. These scores uh, for, for writing characters, these are very, very close for me. They are. Um, so my score for Lost in Translation was a 9.9. Almost perfect. A character likability kept it from perfect. Um, and her was perfect to me, <laughs> which I stand by. I, yeah, I think it's perfect. How about you? There was a bigger gap with me. Um, with Lost in Translation, it came out to a 6.6 again. And with her, it came out to a 9.4. Um, so both of them were a little bit lower, but there's a much larger difference. Lost in Translation lost a lot for likability because they were the M word. But they, they both, uh, I thought, yeah, they both did really well with um, inner needs. And the character arcs were both pretty good in both movies and like the dialogue. So there was a lot that I liked and I'm rambling. But yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Uh, how much do you think, so with, with Lost in Translation, like Sofia Coppola was very open about like, oh, this is like semi-autobiographical. I'm drawing this on my life. Right. Charlotte is very much so based on me. Like she was very, very open about her inspirations for this movie. Whereas Spike Jones, as far as I know, hasn't said anything even remotely like that. That's just people kind of assuming like, well, we have this, you know, Lost in Translation version of events. Now we have this. And it's easy to say like, oh, that's probably also inspired by at least real feelings and real emotions that he went right. through. If not, obviously not real situations. He wasn't in love with, <laughs> you know, an OS or whatever. But um, so that said, do you think that affects it? Because we both gave her higher scores do you think like do you think the fact that the characters in Muslim translation were so rooted in reality affects that or is it just maybe spike jones did something different that we both reacted to more strongly like why because especially yours you had a, a decently bigger discrepancy than yeah. me. mine was very very you close. had a point one difference i had a 2.8 difference so. yeah so yeah, so I guess just do you think that had anything to do with it? I, I, it could be. I'm not sure. I think that, uh, like you pointed out earlier, um, I, I think maybe they're focusing on different parts of the story, whereas Lost in Translation is like the before you learn that you can love or whatever, and this is focusing on while you're learning that. Okay. Uh, and maybe uh, I just like the characters more in that situation. I don't know. Okay, that's fair enough. I don't really have an answer either. I just thought it was a question <laughs> worth asking. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not sure what to ask you because there was only a 0.5 difference in one category. Or I mean, I do I do very specifically remember the discrepancy. And now that I'm thinking about the discrepancy rather than the strengths, this actually does pose an interesting question. The main reason that I knocked the character likability down, which is what kept it from a perfect score for Lost in Translation, was the character of Bob's wife who was like, we needed her to be unlikable. Yeah. We needed that. But it went just a little too overboard of being like, she's an awful person. She's super controlling. She's super passive aggressive. She's horrible, horrible, horrible. And it's like, okay, now she's like cartoonish or yeah, you know, that's it, true. it went a little too overboard. There didn't seem to be any like redeeming quality or like, well, I mean, she's going overboard, but I could see it from her point of view. 
Yeah, whereas with her, we have the exact opposite, where for most of the movie, we see these beautiful flashbacks and these endearing memories and like oh man like this wistfulness of like oh I want that in my life again like wasn't that so nice look how lovely this was and then around the midpoint of the movie we actually see the the real here and now version and then the bitchiness comes out and it's like oh okay now I can see and maybe bitchiness is too harsh like it was it was a relationship that that didn't end well there's gonna be bitterness there like he probably didn't act that great at times either. I mean, he did okay in the scene we saw, but... Right. From know. his point of view, he did okay. Exactly. So, I don't know. I think I think just things like that where in Lost in Translation, it maybe became a little bit more... Uh, because, there, because things were based in reality so much or in, like, literal reality, like right, real right. people, that the people not based on those real characters became caricatures a little bit whereas in lost and or whereas in her everybody was so developed like you could take any character that has a speaking line in that movie even with one line any character with a speaking part in that movie you could pluck out and tell a whole story of that person like everybody was so specific and interesting and i didn't feel like anybody was characteristic of anybody or that's not the right that's not a word right (laughs) right they're all like real people in a real world whereas in lost in translation i feel like a lot of the characters were there for plot reasons they were there to tell the story and then they just kind of faded away when no one was paying attention exactly okay i can see that so that's worth half a point to you actually no like as i'm saying it out loud (laughs) i i could probably go harsher on it but too late it's done yeah it can't change the past Okay, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. All right, was there anything else you wanted to note within writing characters? No, I'm good. All right, this next category, I'm really, really excited because we really held back and didn't compare these, or at least I did, really held back to not mention some of this stuff. And uh, especially the review of her, really hard not to yeah. compare and contrast. Um, anyway, so this category is going to be acting and casting. And obviously, I think we're both going to have a lot to say about Scarlett oh, Johansson because yeah. this is... This is interesting. I'm excited. Uh, Before we do, let's give our final scores. Um, What did you give Lost in Translation? For acting and casting, I gave Lost in Translation an 8.4 out of 10. All right. And I gave it an 8.8. Very close. All right. Both outstanding. Yeah. And how about for her? For her, I gave acting and casting a 9.8. And I had the exact same score, 9.8. Um, so we were very, very similar on Lost in Translation and identical yeah. with her, at least as far as the final scores go, which is which is really interesting. But the big thing that I want to talk about is Scarlett Johansson, because what I find so <laughs> interesting about this, aside from just I like Scarlett Johansson, but in Lost in Translation, right, Sofia Coppola saw Manny and Lowe, which was a movie Scarlett Johansson it was her first movie. She was like 12 when she did it. And Sofia Coppola saw that movie and was like, oh, man, those facial expressions, like that face acting, I need that in my movie. And so she cast her without even an audition because of her facial expressions. Whereas with her, it was the exact opposite. Like they needed somebody with like, you know, just the right voice. Like we need somebody who sounds like sexy and like alluring, I guess, but then can also be like playful and flirtatious and innocent, like they needed this complexity of range that can't be displayed with facial expression. Like it's only voice. And she pulled it off in both movies. Like, right. And there were some things that I'm guessing were very tough to do. There was like this weird 
sex scene where like the screen is totally blank oh, so it's yeah. just sounds mm-hmm. and then like you said she's like flirty and giggly and kind of lighthearted and innocent but then also she's like all right down to business let's sort your emails yeah <laughs> this is garbage throw this away let's get rid of that and and there's a lot of range and variety and she just nailed it i cannot imagine this movie with any other voice than hers yeah and it's crazy because it almost did which which again we i've i gotta stop saying that it's just anything we talk about just assume we talk about it in more detail and the other (laughs) reviews but yeah we definitely talk about that in this category for her but yeah and i swear like i've i've said so many times like scarlett johansson is best when she doesn't talk not that she can't do the line delivery she can but those facial expressions like my god she's just so good at it and then you have a movie like this and it's like (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know yeah. i don't know she's just great <laughs> there you go. when she's talking when she's not talking whatever so what do you think about just so that this category isn't just us talking about scarlett johansson <laughs> what do you think oh about, yeah there's other people i forgot <laughs> um what do you think about some of the other actors especially i mean we have the leading men we've got bill murray and joaquin phoenix phoenix giving very different performances yeah, that's a good point it's very different because Bill Murray was like starting his tragicomic phase and he has just sort of like a sad sack vibe to him. He's a dude who's on the downhill part of his life and just kind of tired with everything. And just, he just, he looks like what a sigh sounds like. (laughs) That's great. And then uh, you have Joaquin Phoenix who doesn't really have that. I mean, he does a little bit, his character that he's playing. I, I should say the characters that they're playing, not the, the, the humans that <laughs> Bill Murray himself is not a sad sack, uh, but or, whatever. Or a human side. Yeah, that's right. But Joaquin Phoenix is, uh, I don't know, just kind of seems a little bummed about everything, especially in the beginning. Um, but then, you know, he has a very, very expressive face, especially those yeah. eyebrows, man. Those are all over the place. I'm just like, it's crazy. Like I've heard of actors who, when they're like learning how to be performers or whatever, they have to like recite certain lines, but do it while sad or while angry or while uh, reminiscing about the past or whatever. And like this dude can do that with his eyebrows alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but it's a perfect fit for this story and, and the number of close ups on his face. And uh, I, I think they're both perfect fits for the story that they're trying to tell. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. All right. I guess I don't really have anything else to, to add for this category. <laughs> Is there anything anything else you want to say? No, I think we covered it all. What did you think of the lighting and the difference between these movies? This is interesting because this is one of the few categories where my scores differ less than your scores do. Interesting. Uh, well, my score for Lost in Translation, it was a 9.5. And for her, it was a 9.9. I don't think I have too much to say about about that, though. Um, okay. Yeah, I didn't really take notes on, like, compare and contrast type stuff. And, and I don't sure. really... Yes, it's tough because yeah. we all gave... Or we all, all... All two of us gave all of the subcategories 9, 9.5, or 10. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to remember. Like, nothing really stood out, I'm guessing, as all that negative. Right. Uh, so I gave Lost in Translation a 9.4, and I gave her a 9.6. Very close. Yeah. And likewise, I don't really have anything to add, except realism scored slightly higher in Lost in Translation than in her, for me. I could see that. I mean, I can literally see that because I'm looking at the chart, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't remember any specific scene or specific reason, 
I think maybe because her has like almost like a filter applied to it. I think yeah. you were talking about like an Instagram filter. You're the one who called it that, but I, oh. I definitely latched on because I completely agree. Yeah, it has like yeah. a like a nostalgic, like like a different time kind of. Filter. Yeah, it's like a like a '50s studio era goss okay. over the whole yeah 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 which i think is beautiful and amazing but slightly less realistic yeah i do remember that was one of the only one of the only things that got a lower score for actually yeah a realism got a 9.5 for me for her and everything else got tens and i do remember it was specifically because i was like for as beautiful as everything is like yeah. things are allowed to look a little less beautiful at time i don't think anything in that movie could have ever looked ugly and, and it would be bad if it did, but like things can look a little. They can look more real. Yeah, exactly. Like the the world allowed to look a little real at times. Um, for the most part, I thought it worked really well with the story it was trying to tell, so it didn't really bother me. But I did recognize that, like, yeah, maybe a little bit more realism would have been okay, and and could have perhaps told the story a little better, especially in those like. I was going to use that phrase again, compare and contrast, but, you know, especially when the life he wants to have versus the life he has versus the life he could have. Like, there's a lot of different, right. I guess, different realities going on in that movie. There's, like, the past he remembers versus the past that actually has and the present that he has and the present, present being the time, not a gift, but... I don't know, the, the present time <laughs> that he has versus the present time that he wants... I don't yeah, know, there's yeah. a lot of stuff happening. And I feel like lighting could have played into that. Especially for realism, to distinguish yeah. what's real versus what's memory or imagination. Yeah. Okay. That, that's actually more than I thought we'd have to say about lighting, because that's yeah. usually one of the categories where we just give a number and move on. It's about 50-50 for me. When I have something to say, I have a lot to say, and when I don't have anything to say, it's like, yeah, it looked fine. <laughs> and I definitely, we had a lot to say in this category for both of the movies, it's just as far as comparing and contrasting, it's eh, not a lot to say. How about for camera work? This is really interesting because I have two categories where her scored lower than Lost in Translation, and camera work is one of them. It scored lower by two or 0. 0.2 points. So I gave Lost in Translation a 9.2, and I gave her a 9.0 for camera work. All right, interesting. And I think it's because camera angles scored a seven for her, whereas everything else was nines and tens. And I think it's just because I couldn't remember anything that really stood out as like the angle of the camera was really important or really interesting or really different. I okay. I don't think I could remember any like I couldn't remember any camera angles. Okay. Or maybe I could remember a few, but it didn't really stand out. I don't know. So that scored a little bit lower for me. Uh, right. What are your thoughts on the uh, camera work? Um, well, let's see. Lost in Translation got a 9 for me, and her got a 9.8. So both very strong, both on the higher end of outstanding. Um, and I do remember storytelling uh, within camera work played a, played a really interesting role with both movies. I know Lost in Translation did a lot of things with like depth of field oh, where yeah. like you know one person would be in focus and everyone else would be just outside of that depth of field to really give that feeling of isolation which i really yeah. liked and then her did almost the opposite at times where it would use the camera work to make us feel a connection between theodore and samantha when there wasn't a physical one like just things like 
And I don't know quite know. I guess it depends on perception. Because I think I think what I'm about to say could just as easily people could say like, oh, that shows that they're so separate from each other. But there were things like the the POV shots where you would see what Theodore was seeing. And it was just like dust mites floating through a shaft of light in his bedroom. You know, like it was something yeah. really specific. And the camera would get like really close on this really mundane yeah. thing. And it was so beautiful in its mundaneness. And I feel like the emotions felt when seeing those images, like it just, it's like this beauty at looking at everyday things, which I think is how he felt when he was with her. So even though there's not this physical connection by giving us this feeling that's similar to what he's feeling. And even a lot of those scenes were sad or when I think all of them actually were like right after a fight or right before she was about to leave him. Like they were these sad moments, but it, you know, got us to feel something that you probably wouldn't feel otherwise because there aren't two people in the room. Like you, they, you had to convey these right, emotions right. in some other way. It, it has to be staring off into nothingness or, or, or whatever. Yeah, like you can you can get away for a long time with just looking at Walking Phoenix's face. Like he's <laughs> he's an attractive guy. He's very emotive. Like he's yeah. got the the script was strong enough. His performance was strong enough. But adding those those POV shots really. Uh, boosted the score for me, I think. But I thought they both did a really interesting job of of using the camera work to help tell the story, which I think gets yeah. lost a lot of times. And yeah. like the camera should be the, uh, a mechanism of storytelling. <laughs> like, why would it not be? But I feel like so often it's just like, oh, point and shoot, point and shoot, point and shoot. Yeah. And it, you know, you don't get that dynamic interplay between the audience and the camera and the characters. Like, it's just skips the camera so there's audience to characters I'm like but there's right. this middleman that's really important and can be used really effectively and so often it's not and with both of these movies it yeah. really was do you think i don't really know where else to talk about this aspect in because this is pretty specific to kind of a compare and contrast kind of thing um but i do think it's interesting just to think about these people's backgrounds a little bit and how that contributed to the directorial and by extension you know, cinematography oh, styles background. of yeah, movies. Yeah. I didn't really think about this until just now, but you have, on the one hand, with Lost in Translation, you have Sofia Coppola, daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, yeah. grew up on movie sets with her father making some of the most iconic films in history. Like, that's her background. No big deal. Yeah. And then on the other hand, you have Spike Jones making skateboard videos yeah. and music videos and freaking jackass of all things, like you have him doing this wide variety of largely lowbrow thing. Music videos are kind of on the cusp, you know, depends on on the artist and and why the music video is being made as to whether or not it's perceived as as highbrow or lowbrow. And uh, we talked a lot in yeah. in the her review about my disdain about those terms. But regardless, he's he's largely outside of his movie work. He's largely considered more of a lowbrow artist. So you have these two people with these vastly different backgrounds. And first of all, that they were in a relationship together is kind of fascinating. And then they have these movies that are companion pieces in a lot of ways and use a lot of really similar styles and um, camera work. And even the lighting, I think it was evident there, too. Like there's there's just a similarity which I find really interesting. Yeah, I do think that's interesting because not only is it a different background in the sense of like lowbrow versus uh, cinematic aristocrat, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Lowbrow versus highbrow. Um, I think it's interesting that Spike Jones has had so many small projects, 
So I think that gives them a chance to experiment a little more and to try different things. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, seeing his music videos, seeing the, seeing a list of his music videos and then seeing them in my head because I've seen them so many times and they're so different and so cool. So I, I could totally see how he could pull off something so visual and so interesting and how he could he could do that so well because he has had a lot of practice, maybe in a different form. But uh, I, I do think it's interesting that they have such different backgrounds and they both produced uh, masterpieces, basically. Yeah, I agree. All right. Was well, there anything else you wanted to add for the camera work section? Nope. All right. So that's going to bring us to editing and special effects. This is actually by far my uh, my biggest discrepancy. Yeah. Overall. Mine too. Not Not as by far, but it is my biggest discrepancy as well. For Lost in Translation, I gave it sevens down the line, whereas with her, it was all 9.5s and 10s uh, for a average of 9.7. Yeah. I wish I could speak more to the kind of comparing and contrasting. I think it just goes back to, for me, at least a lot of what I was saying about uh, like storytelling with the camera work. I feel like her, you know, utilized the editing in addition to the camera work yeah. too, especially with like the montages of the memories and all of that. Whereas Lost in Translation, it did everything just fine. A seven is a solid score. It exceeds expectations. It's not like I was disappointed by it. Right. But I didn't feel like it It went above and beyond in the same way that her did as far as contributing to the story and, and making it cohesive, which is really interesting because we talked a lot about how Lost in Translation was like every aspect of the movie just oh, fused yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think editing was was the weak point in that okay. regard. Still strong, still, for me, at least sevens down the line. That's that's a strong score, but just didn't quite go further than that for me. Yeah, I gave Lost in Translations sevens and one five, and I gave her nines and tens. So pretty much the same thing. And I think it's pretty much the same, the same reasoning. I think her... Because it's a, like a slightly science fiction, a slightly futuristic, it's slightly outside of the ordinary to begin with. I think that gives it license to go a little bit further with like crazy camera work or editing or, or whatever. And I think it did that. I think it did it very well. All right. Uh, so my scores oh, yeah. for the editing and special effects were 6.6 for Lost in Translation and 9.4 for Her. We had almost the same discrepancy. <laughs> it was 2.7 points and theirs was 2.8. Yep. All right. So the next category is going to be sound. Uh, for sound, for Lost in Translation, I gave a 7.6 and her got a 9.6. So a decent discrepancy of two points. This is one of the few cases where Lost in Translation scored higher than her on one of the subcategories, and that is the score and soundtrack. Um, I really like the score and soundtrack to her, especially that moon song. And yeah. there's like the piano pieces, really cool, really neat. But I think Lost in Translation just, I think maybe it plays more to what I consider a soundtrack to be, where it's like music. Sure. Like purchased music that other, like taken from reality. Yeah. Uh, and I think it did that. And I think it did that very well. It, it showed where each person was in their life and, and how they were connecting. And it, it, it actually brought people together in a few scenes when they were yeah. singing. So, yeah, score and soundtrack actually scored higher for Lost in Translation than her. All right. Well, I gave, I don't know if I have too much to add to that. I gave Lost in Translation's nines all the way down the line. And I gave her tens all the way down the line. Wow. 
Um, so pretty close, only a point, a point discrepancy there. Um, I think they both did did a really good job at telling the story, setting the mood, all that stuff that that a good soundscape and a good score and soundtrack is supposed to do. And I just thought her, but just like with the editing, it just went a step further. Um, the scores were closer, so definitely I, everything you're saying about Lost in Translation, I agree with 100%. I just I just thought her did it a little bit better. And I do really appreciate the the original music to her, the, the two piano pieces. Yeah. Uh, and then that moon song, that moon song. I hope everyone knows what I mean by that. It's Didn't, literally what? called the moon song. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't they get nominated for, uh, for they something? They did, an Academy Award. Yeah. Pretty sure Randy Newman won something for a Pixar thing <laughs> that year, I'm sure. But it might have been something else. I don't remember. I just remember it lost. So what did you think of the aesthetics of these movies. Definitely really strong. I gave, this is another one for her that I gave tens down the line. It was oh, just yeah. perfect. Yep. Boston Translation was a little bit lower uh, with the total coming out to a 9.1. Um, so just another example, I think, of where, to its credit, I guess, uh, with her, I mean, it's, it is a, a science fiction movie. It might not be people in space, but it's science fiction. It takes place sure. in the future. So I think it does have just like a period piece, something that takes place in the 40s. Yep. I'm probably always going to give the aesthetics perfect tens or close to it just because I like the way it looks and it's not something you see every day and it's neat. And and I appreciate the hard work that goes into it, all yeah. those things. And and with this movie, I mean, her, it was just the, the types of glasses, the facial hair, the hairstyles, the clothing, those weird wool high-waisted yeah. pants and sweater yeah. vests like everything was so specific interspersing landscape shots of shanghai with la like just everything was so specific and, it, and it's just not a version of the future we've seen before so it just how can you not give it a right, perfect 10 right. whereas Austin awesome translation had a lot of things going for it um and especially like sets and locations and props like it was all in tokyo everything looked great tokyo played a really big part um but it was more the character aesthetics with that movie they were great and they played a part in the story like it was you know everything looked fine and, and worked well just mm, not in that perfect range for me yeah that's pretty much what i got to say i also gave uh her perfect tens perfect tens for every subcategory because because it's perfect and if this is not perfect then i don't know what perfect is and uh, Lost in Translation got a couple nines, but a couple sevens and a five. So for me, her got 2.6 more points than Lost in Translation did for aesthetics. Uh, I don't feel bad about that. I think that's yeah. all I've got to say. Fair enough. All right. So the next category is going to be impact on film. Do you want to say anything about this category before I just... Our scores are identical for anyone who didn't listen to the other reviews because somebody is a copycat. We all are. That's the whole point of these categories, right? Of, of this section is that it's what did other people think. That's how you perceive what other people think. There's still wiggle room. I wiggled on one uh, one thing that we reviewed one time. I was going to say, not either of these things. No, not these things. <laughs> Take it away, Rachel. All right, so... These one, this is actually the only one for me where her did not do as well as Lost in Translation. Um, so for the impact on film for Lost in Translation, for both of us, came out to a 9. And for her, came out to an 8.33. Um, and really the only reason 
Uh, let's see her for audience cult impact and historical inspirational impact got one less than lost in translation. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, I feel like audience cult impact. I probably could have gone up on her because particularly amongst like cinephiles, like it's a stereotypical <laughs> like top 10 yeah. movie for film nerds like me. Like I, I'm aware of that and I'm okay with that. So I probably could have gone a little bit higher, but what's done is done. But yeah, they're very close. I, I don't really have too much to say. I think, um, I guess I do have a little bit more to say. I think <laughs> Lost in Translation, I think the reason Lost in Translation got higher, especially on historical inspirational impact, is because I think it speaks to millennials potentially more than her. Although that might not be true. I think it speaks more to people who are at that stage before they learn to love again or realize they can love and be loved or whatever. People who yeah. are looking for that. Because I think that's the part that the story focuses on more. Whereas her, I think, focuses more on where you are finding that. You are finding that you can that's love true. and be loved and and you can experience that and that you're capable of that. That's fair. I, I think that's a good way of... In, in my mind, for me, looking at these two movies, they're different phases of the same story, or they focus on different phases of the same story. Interesting. All right. Um, I don't really have too much else to add for either of these. I definitely get get more into it in the individual reviews, so I don't want to rehash <laughs> what was said. We're not going for the um, seven-hour <laughs> compare no. and contrast. All right. So then that pretty much just leaves overall enjoyment. Um, Ooh, yeah, it does. Your discrepancy is pretty big, so can I go uh, first? I was just going to say, I, <laughs> I remember saying that 2.8 was my greatest discrepancy, <laughs> but I guess I didn't look further because this uh, I was very, very wrong. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so for me, the discrepancy is only one point. Lost in Translation got a 9 and her got a 10. And I think the biggest reason why, I think it goes to, to kind of what you were saying about where you're at in life. And I think maybe had I watched these movies 10 years ago, like I've heard come out at the same time as Lost in Translation and I saw them both when I was 15, it probably would have been flopped. I probably would have liked Lost in Translation more than her because I was 15 and awkward and, and sure. feeling stuck because that's how every teenager feels, at least in my experience. Like that's a common, you know, high school, college state of mind, I think, is, is just yeah. feeling feeling stuck and wanting to know what else is out there, which is very much so what Lost in Translation portrays. Yeah. Whereas her is about like, I know what's out there. Now I need to take these experiences and do something new with it. Like it's, it's different. Um, I think, you know, like I said, 10, 15 years ago, I would have appreciated Lost in Translation more than her because that's where I was at in life. Whereas now I'm 30, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not the sullen 20 year old anymore. You know, I'm not mopey. I hope at least, relatively not um so i think that's the biggest reason for me why like i still appreciate both i still love both i think they're both great movies i honestly think they're masterpieces but i think her just it resonates with me more it goes one step above in in every way oh. in literally every way except impact on film for me that was the only one that that uh, lost in translation scored higher yeah and it goes one step beyond and it gets one more point for overall enjoyment. It does, yeah. That's one step. Yeah. You were not joking about that. <laughs> that was a very precise and well-measured uh, <laughs> measurement. Okay. 
overall enjoyment. Yeah, like I said, I thought that 2.8 was my greatest discrepancy, but I was wrong. <laughs> my greatest discrepancy is 6.0 because I gave Lost in Translation a 3, mostly because it's mopey. I know you don't want me to say that, but that I don't have a better description of why I, I like gave it a 3. at least melancholy is Melancholy, I guess. I don't know. It's just such a Everyone's a downer and a bummer. And I know that's what it's going for, but it's like, I don't, that's not what I find enjoyable. But anyway, so that's why I got a three out of 10 for enjoyability, <laughs> overall enjoyment. And her got a nine out of 10. Surprised it wasn't a little higher, but okay. Uh, so yeah, it's a six point difference. And yeah, I, I think it's for all the reasons we said. I think it focuses on a different phase of that journey. And I, I enjoy that or, or exploring that more. And I enjoy the aesthetics and I enjoy the characters. I enjoy like the weirdness. And it's like, it's just so different than anything else. Yeah. Like, it's a love story with someone who's not even there, really. And you have Scarlett Johansson, but it's just her voice. Uh, it's just so different and so unique. And like, I, I just really, really enjoy this movie. I enjoy it six points more. The translation. <laughs> well, they're right. both very well done movies. All right, so we're not gonna get into why, but just for the purposes of anybody wondering how we come up with our final scores, um, do you want to just say real quick uh, extra credit points for each movie? Uh, yeah, I gave one point to Lost in Translation and one point five to her. Don't remember why. That's that you never seem give right. half points. That does not seem right. Oh yeah, and the originals I did not. Remove the uh, divide by two. No, oh, haha, we did it right on accident. So yeah, one point oh and one point five. All right, uh, and I gave uh, Lost in Translation two points and her one point five. Okay, so what were your overall scores for these two movies? Uh, well, before I do that, the the answer to this question may very well just be no, not really, which is perfectly fine. But before we wrap everything up, is there anything else? that you wanted to add just as far as like, like, like her being a somehow a response to loss in translation, or maybe it's not, maybe that's not a fair thing to say, or I'm um, just kind of in general, any ways that they're similar or different, just anything that yeah. didn't get covered in the grid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's a response or not, but I'm, I'm really, the more I think about it, the more I like the idea that they're focusing on different parts of the same story. And it's not the same story as in the same characters. It's the same story as in like, like, you're born and then you grow and then you die. It's like the human story. Sure. Yeah. And and maybe that is a response. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know the particulars of what was going on. I don't know the age difference. I don't know how many other relationships they had before theirs together and how many they had after. And who, who knows what it could be. But the more I think about it and talk about it, the more I think that I find it a useful and accurate description to say that they are focusing on different parts of the same story. Fair enough. I like it. I don't have anything to add. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should, but I don't. I do think it's interesting. This isn't really adding anything. It's just kind of funny and interesting that in Lost in Translation, Sofia Coppola cast Scarlett Johansson to essentially play herself. Yeah. And then in her, Spike Jones casts scarlett johansson to play the person like snapping him out of the right bad relationship which in theory would represent 
the Sofia Coppola relationship. It's kind of a mind fuck, um, and probably doesn't even mean anything. It's just kind of interesting and funny. Well, or either, is it, maybe it does mean something. I don't know. Either way, everyone loves Scarlett Johansson. That, I think if that's you're true. stuck in a funk, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that's the true moral of the story. Yeah. All right. So with that said, uh, I guess now we can get into our total scores. Uh, mine actually were surprisingly pretty close. I say surprisingly. Um, because I, well, I guess I don't really know why I say surprisingly. It just surprises me because I thought the discrepancy would be a little bigger. Um, but uh, let's see, Lost in Translation for me got a 90.4 overall. Still right in the middle of outstanding, still a really strong score. Um, but her for me got a 98.73. Very, very close to perfect. And I stand by it. I Because I don't think there is truly a perfect movie out there, I feel pretty comfortable saying her is a perfect movie. I have this to say, like, okay, I know it's not really. There are a few things it could have done better. Right. But but it's, it's, it's as close to perfect as you can get on an imperfect world. For the most part. I mean, there might be some. I mean, if the X-Files pilot can get 101%, That's you know, right. anything's possible. We still haven't reviewed Black Swan, so, you know... Yeah. I like that movie, so it might get pretty close to this. I don't know. There's some there's some out there that that would rival this score and potentially get to that 100. But I feel like anything over like 97 and a half is like that's basically perfect. <laughs> 97 and a half. That's the cut point. 97 doesn't seem high enough, but 98 that's a little ridiculous. Yeah, 97.5. That's yeah. that's a that's my new rule of thumb. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. It's half of a half of five percent from hundred. See, there's a method to my madness. There you go. So that's only a difference of eight point three, which seems like a big number, but out of a hundred, that's that's actually not a very big difference at all. And they're both they're both in the uh, outstanding, upper outstanding category. Yeah. Yeah. Or range. Uh, so for me, it was a significantly larger difference. Yeah. A 20-point difference for me. Lost in Translation got a total of 74.8, and her got a total of 94.83. And yeah, that's for all the reasons that I said. Fair enough. I do find it interesting that, like, I think we touched on this a little bit in individual reviews as well, but, like, we seem to, we seem to have a pretty close agreement on a lot of things about these movies. Yeah. And with her... That's within just a couple of points. Yeah, on that, almost everything. Yeah, and, and the total scores are are right about four points apart. That's not much. Right. Uh, and then to have such a big discrepancy on Lost in Translation, I, I know we talked about that in the review, so I'm not going to rehash my fascination with that. But <laughs> but I am fascinated that you know we we seem so in line with our opinions, and yet. I, I was rating things so significantly higher throughout, which is why I like the grid so much. I mean, it's all subjective. It's all about perception. And I don't know, I feel like there's this idea amongst certain types of cinephiles that, you know, if, if person A doesn't like movie X, then person A doesn't get it and is an idiot. It's like, no, probably just didn't like it. Like, like yeah. Inception is one of those movies. A lot of people don't like that movie. We're like, oh, you just didn't understand it. It's too intellectual. It's like, no, I understood what I was supposed to understand, and I just didn't like it. I'm, say, I'm yeah, saying kind of I, a... and, and I actually do like that movie, but that's that's a common one that I hear. Yeah, that's dumb. I agree. I mean, it's all, um, which is one of the main reasons I, I wanted to create a grid like this is so that, you know, it's it's 
trackable. You can figure out why you like right. a movie and why you don't like a movie. And if people say like you're stupid because you don't understand it, you can be like, no, actually, here's what I didn't like. Here's what I did like. It did this really well, but I didn't like this. And my overall enjoyment was like it has nothing to do with. And maybe, right. maybe some people just don't understand something and that makes them feel stupid and then they don't like it. I'm sure that expo- that it describes a certain percentage of the population. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. But I think an equal amount of the per- an equal percentage of the population will say they love something that they don't understand because they don't want to look stupid. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, not that I think I was using Inception because that's an easy example with this. I, yeah. I think that's just I've seen um, it made fun of in popular TV shows and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I like the grid. I think it's a good idea. It also causes you to look at things that uh, I wouldn't normally look at. You probably would, Rachel, because you're you're the creator of the grid. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these categories, like lighting, I know what I like and I know what I don't like, but I don't know right. how to talk about it critically. So I and I wanted to learn. So a lot of it is stuff that I or sound design. I knew nothing about sound design, and then I started yeah. paying attention to it um, specifically because I wanted to educate myself and and start learning to see every aspect or hear every aspect. In that case, I guess. Uh, of what goes into a movie to figure out what contributes to my overall enjoyment more than other things and and what I like and what I don't like and anyway I didn't mean for this to turn into <laughs> suddenly me talking about the grid nonstop. I just when no. comparing and contrasting these movies yeah. it just kind of comes up I guess yeah and I think this this is a perfect example of how when we agree we can see why and when we disagree we can see why and yeah. even if we disagree with the score that someone gave it or the reasoning we can still say oh i see how you see it exactly and i know that you, you're not just in you, you just didn't get it like right. neither of us are going to say that because it's like oh you did get it from your perspective and, and how you're looking at things you did get it right so i think uh the grid is good for that it avoids that problem altogether well done <laughs> thank you i really didn't mean to turn this into a self-congratulatory spiel <laughs> all right well was there anything else that you wanted to add about either of these movies uh they're both masterpieces i would agree with that all right so i think that's gonna wrap up this uh, experimental con- comparison and contrast review of lost in translation and her uh be sure to let us know what you thought if you have any suggestions for other movies you'd like to see us compare and contrast or any suggestions for the format or or other mini episodes um we'd love to hear some feedback you can do that on any of our social media accounts that's just at gritty films and that's gritty spelled g-r-i-d-d-y and if you like what you heard be sure to like and subscribe on itunes and especially if you could leave some reviews on itunes that's the best way to help the podcast and help us get more listeners it would be super appreciated we'll even give you a shout out in the next episode um and the next episode is going to be night of the living dead celebrating the 50th anniversary coming up on october 1st i've actually never seen it i'm really excited not positive who my guest is gonna be but we'll figure that out later it's gonna be someone awesome no matter what um so so that's what's coming up for gritty films you can also learn more about the grid rating system and see our uh, grids for both her and lost in translation over at grittyfilms.com that's gonna be gritty films spelled g-r-i-d-d-y films.com and for information on the grid, just add a slash the grid and you'll find it. Um, yeah, now I'm babbling. So I think that is about it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Dark and shy, deep place.